Welcome to the Jolly Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barrett. This podcast is for those who are interested in the conversation around equity, diversity, and inclusion. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest who has something special to share or is actively part of building solutions in the space. Let's get started. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Kathy Gallowitz. She is a force to be reckoned with. She grew up as a Navy brat, served nearly 30 years as an Air Force officer, and is married to an Army combat veteran. She's the founder and CEO of Vanguard Veteran LLC, author of Beyond Thank You for Your Service, the Veteran Champion Handbook for Civilians, and has master's degrees in nursing and political science. She is an award-winning businesswoman with firsthand experience hiring veterans, And she coaches employers on how to excel with hiring and retaining veteran talent in ways that strengthens their workforce. Her Veteran Talent Academy equips employers to find, hire, and leverage veteran skill sets. Kathy also equips volunteer faith community leaders to build military ministries to cultivate mutual support, a sense of belonging, and a spiritual resiliency for military-connected people. You can learn more by going to VanguardVeteran.com. President Harry S. Truman led the effort to establish a single holiday for citizens to come together and thank our military members for their patriotic service in support of our country. I thought it was a perfect time to launch this episode and let you hear from Kathy Gallowitz. I am excited again this week, as I am every week, to have a wonderful, fabulous person that we um, had the pleasure to meet, Kathy Gallowitz with Vanguard Veteran. And I am just excited to talk to you about not only your military service and all of the things that you have been doing, But I love the fact that you even have a book out called Beyond Thank You for Your Service, um, because I know that's kind of one of my go-to is thank you for your service. But it's like, what else could I be doing? Should I be doing? And I am so excited to talk to you and hear about all the things that you're doing. Thank you. So thanks for being here. Hey, girlfriend. Thank you for having me, Melissa, and and (laughs) Jolly Enterprises. Love the name of your business. Well done. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, can I start off before I talk about my book, you know, to just give them a little bit about, about my background story and kind of you know, yeah. why I do what I do. Okay, thank you. First of all, May is month, is Military Appreciation Month. Awesome. All month long, well, all noticed all month long, there are lots of days commemorating different aspects of the military. May 12th is Military Appreciation Month. They are definitely warriors in their own right because yes. of the support and sacrifice they give their military members so if you know one get out there and thank them or Absolutely. do more or do my more. son my son and daughter-in-law <laughs> there you go so the 20th of may is armed forces day celebrating those who are currently serving your son and then your daughter-in-law military spouse she's got two days that really she could be thanked Celebrated, yes. Celebrated, I love that. (laughs) And then 29 May is Memorial Day, honoring those that we have lost. So this is a really special month, and there's a. I hope that anybody listening will celebrate 
military connected people every day. But on the 12th, on the 20th, and on the 29th, you have even more special reasons to do that. Okay. With that, with that background, I want to tell you that I grew up in a Navy family. My dad was a pilot and a communications engineer. I lived overseas with him, I'd say about five to six years. Went to a French-speaking preschool. And Were you in France or? In Paris, France. Yes, oh, ma'am. nice. Okay. And we left right when uh, President de Gaulle said, it's time for all you Americans to leave. So we did. Lived, the longest place I ever lived was in Fairfax, Virginia for seven years. And in the middle of my junior year in high school, my dad comes home and he says, honey, I got orders to go be a commanding officer on a small island in the North Atlantic. Oh, wow. I, I said, dad, I know. I said, Lived here seven years. I had my first boyfriend, just got my driver's license. I'm a varsity cheerleader. There's talk that I could be captain of the varsity cheerleaders next year. I'm in Girl Scouts. I'm about to finish my gold award. But most importantly, I have the strongest sense of belonging I'd ever known. Now, I'll, I'll be truthful. I didn't say that when I was 16. <laughs> but but now, when I'm you know much older, yeah. as I reflect back on that, I had the strongest sense of belonging I have ever had to date. After living somewhere for seven years, yeah, having having lots of friends, so I ended up moving and graduating. I left a class of four hundred and graduated in a class of thirty. Oh wow! On a Department of Defense high school in Keflavik, Iceland. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, it was it it was transformative. It was tough, but then I went on to go to school in Germany. For about a year and a half, went to three different colleges. My dad paid for nursing school. Air Force nursing was my first choice career. Oh, Spent wow. 29 years, active reserve and guard and IMA. That's another status. What's IMA? Oh, it's individual mobilization augmentee. Did that for about a year when I was pregnant with our third kid. Oh, my goodness. It, yeah. So, you know, it was challenging as as a wife and a mother to, to balance all the demands of a military career and to and to do my level best in those other roles as well. So yeah. the, the thing I'm most proud of, Melissa, in my military career was as a public affairs officer in uniform, we started a statewide outreach office in response to 9-11 to educate and engage civilians in support of troops and their families. Because as you probably know, the reserve component, which is guard and reserve, two different branches, 80% of that workforce is part-time military. Yes. I was part-time military, but the lion's share of my career, I was full-time guard. Okay, that's about okay. 20% of us. Uh -huh. But if 80% of us are part-time military, that means that they have a civilian employer where they, you know, get how that's how they get their bills paid. And that's really important. Yes. And and or they're going to college and getting, you know, potentially, you know, um, college tuition reimbursement. So at the top of our list in response to 9-11 was educating and engaging employers about the value of veteran talent and helping them understand that they were part of the national security team because, you know, at this point, you know, they kind of had to let the people go, but we wanted them to keep the job. And so we were building relationships. And then in 2009, I had the opportunity to 
you know, make this statewide. They went from a, a base to the entire state. And what we did was really try to help employers develop best practices for hiring veterans. Yeah. And this was in response to something like an 11% unemployment rate for veterans. And then, I mean, the hero on the stage really is the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and Hiring Our Heroes. They started a state, a nationwide program that's now in, uh, embracing military spouses to help job seekers prepare better, but, you know, and also help employers. So when I retired in 2016, we had reached out to employers and um, healthcare providers and educators and lawyers and leaders of diverse diversity inclusion and um, as well as clergy. And so when I retired, it was me. I said, I'm going to narrow it down to employers and clergy because I think those two stakeholder groups, if you will, have the biggest opportunity really to influence quality of life of our veterans and their families mm -hmm. and by so doing improve workforce and community. So it's a win, win, right. win when civilians are, are brought on board. So the book called Beyond, Thank You for Your Service, the Veteran Champion Handbook for Civilians, showcases predominantly Ohioans, about 20 Ohioans, who truly did improve quality of life, workforce, and community by doing small things that no action is too small, Everybody can do something. Yes. Or or if you have a big title and a big center of influence, some of the big things that these civilian veteran champions do. And I'm always trying to hunker down to the practical stuff. Okay. Theory and knowledge is good, but action is where it's at. Okay. Actions is what makes the difference, right? You actions are yeah. stronger than words, right? Definitely. So, so for each story. These civilian veteran champions offer tangible actions that you can take from your perspective to be that civilian veteran champion. It, it also talks a little bit about my story growing up in a Navy family, being working around 85% men my entire adult life. And, you know, and you really, it's really interesting, you know, if you think, if you reflect on, okay, well, why am I the way I am? And was that military service? Was that family of origin? Well, that was military service too. Was that current family? Well, that's military too. You know, so <laughs> in my case, you know, the military, I mean, influenced everything about me. So Did you marry military as well? Or? My first husband was career air, was not career, but he was in the air force. I married an air force physician, you know, go figure. As a nurse, as a nurse. And now I am married to a career active army soldier with four combat tours. Oh, wow. Yes. I have a, a lens. Yes. Some, some level of understanding from a lot of different vantage points. And so I think it's probably safe to say, Melissa, that most things about me have been influenced by military service. And so I want to share that with our citizenry and yeah. help and help them do more. So, and and I know you talk a lot about kind of, you know, corporations and clergy really understanding the value of our veterans. There you go. So, and I know you've done a lot in recruiting as well, you know, to make sure that veterans and their wives have the opportunity to be hired and employed. Are there specific things that maybe you, you can highlight in terms of, you know, like, 
what's what are some tips and tools that people might want to think about? Okay, I'd like to offer tips and tools to the business community, to civilian employers, to help them excel with veteran hiring and retention, okay? First of all, there's an incredible return on investment, all right? Absolutely. Research over and over shows, show up to work on time, we're mission-focused, productive, loyal, tech-savvy, know how to work in chaotic times or manage risk, The Society of Human Resource Management captures a lot of that information, as does the Institute of Veterans and Military Families, so that's a civilian reference, and that's more of a military reference, so it's got to be good, right? (laughs) Um, But I highly encourage anyone who's listening, who's involved in talent attraction, hiring managers, HR professionals, DE&I, right? Yeah. Work to attract this talent to your company. And learn about military culture so that you can be more sensitive, culturally aware, which is what we all want in the DEI world. We want that generally in life and in life and country, or at least we should, right? Absolutely. And when really only three out of ten of us in our society are even eligible for military service because of things like um, ability to pass the tests the intellectual tests, ability to pass the physical fitness tests, health restrictions, legal restrictions. You know, you really are dealing with a certainly a very highly motivated group, but a special group of people who have the, who have the, I want to say, or, you know, desire, will, capability to, to do the tough stuff, especially, especially people who've been to combat. I haven't done that. I haven't been in harm's way. I'm just so grateful for those really unique and um, incredible people who can do that, you know? Yeah. My, my husband is one of them. And so, you know, veteran hiring is not charitable work. You don't do it because it's the right thing to do necessarily. You do it because you have an incredible worker. Yeah. You have an incredible worker who's going to help bring your workforce into the future, right? They mm-hmm. understand policies and procedures. They understand change. They're highly adaptable. Okay, so... Other tips and tricks are look in your veteran community and start being known in it. Okay, find sources of veteran talent, either at agencies or nonprofits or, you know, special service related groups. I know kind of where to send everybody to look for those and hunker down for the long haul, you know, be proactive. And the recruiting strategies that I talk about work not only for veterans, they work for other groups of people that might not be obvious or underfoot, if you will, right? And if you do well at going beyond sourcing and being more of a resource, being a resource to that talent, holy cow, the the, the beautiful thing about the military population is that we are a tight-knit group, especially the guys. They are battle buddies. They are, we are tribe. And it's very real, Melissa, it's very real. Um, we have so much in common, so much familiarity, and it's strong bond. And so guess what? If you do well by one or two of those people, their tribe is going to be paying attention, right? Yeah. So, I mean, and that works for, you know, other groups of people as well. But I think there's something very unique about the bond that military people have. So go out. A construction company told me once, oh, yeah, I found a service member in a local Red Horse unit, which is civil engineers, and they go to the battlefield or places and build cities, build 
camps, right? But he got a couple of those employees and guess what? You know, they slowly started attracting, you know, more and more people. I mean, that's how it works. So be on the lookout for sources of talent, understand military culture, understand military skills translators. And I'm going to put a link in the chat note about what those are. Those are really the starting place to understand what a military job, how a military job transfers to a civilian job. But there's more to it than that. There's levels of responsibility. There's rank, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to consider the totality of it, the the person's interests, because, you know, when you serve in the military, you may not get to serve in a place that really is your strength or that really excites you. So a lot of military people want to do something different or they're still in an exploration mode of, okay, well, what do I really care about? Who am I really? Where where do I really want to be? And what do I really want to do for the rest of my life? Because in the military, you know, you're pretty well, you get a wish list, but oftentimes, depending on the needs in the military, that wish list is not honored. I mean, how about your right. son? Did he did he get to go work or be where he wanted to do the kind of job he really wanted? You know, he started out in the guard and then um, now he's active duty um, military up in Portland and doing, you know, a lot in training and kind of all sorts of training, whether it be diversity, well, is, equity it, and inclusion it, or is otherwise. Is that what he wanted to do? Did he want to be a trainer or did he want to do something else? He's one of those people. I think he started out wanting to be like a translator <laughs> and, you okay. know, and because he's really good with language. Nice. But, but this kid is good in everything. So good for him. He could yeah. really kind of do whatever. OK, Um. so let's talk. What's your son's name? Paul. Paul. Good for you, Paul. Sounds like a bright <laughs> kid. Thank you for your service. Right on. So let's talk about Paul. Paul's good at stuff. He's got a lot of interest. He sounds like a bright guy, right? Okay. So let's say, you know, he serves for four years. He's living in Oregon. Yep. And you're in California. Okay. So Paul, Paul, after four or six years, decides, "Eh, I want to try something different. Maybe I want to get out of the military. So Paul can either stay in Portland. He can, you know, take a job anywhere else that, you know, and he's looking for a great opportunity. Or he say, I miss my mom. Honestly, good thing. I want to come back home and be near my family, right? Well, no matter where he goes, in that scenario, he has lost his tribe, okay? He has lost his network. He may come home and you may have longstanding relationships that you can parlay to help him look for a job. But more often than not, as you know, as life goes, after four to six years, you move home, your friends are different. Your friends have new friends, you know? You're different from your other friends. And so you're really starting starting from scratch. The other thing that, you know, that's the social support piece. The other thing that's really interesting is, because I can I can relate with Paul in that, you know, I have a lot of interests, I like to do a lot of things, and I've had some good success. And I think I had like 17 different jobs in six different industries. Okay, well, that proves that you can perform. That proves that you can adapt. But where is your sweet spot? Yes. What really makes you tick? And when you figure that out, oh my gosh, the satisfaction, the joy, the the matching that, you know, your life is just like, you know. On uh, fire. Thank you. Well put. <laughs> and so there's a lot to that last piece. Yes. You know? There's a lot to that last piece for anybody. I'm a leadership development uh, coach for the, from the John Maxwell team. And oh my, um, there's so much to to personal growth. There's so much to becoming who you are. 
There's so much to understanding really what you're all about. And that's a lifelong journey. And Absolutely. So it's not just military people, but, um, you know, military people are potentially searching for their next me, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, and they're coming from a very different environment, highly structured, very hierarchical, very clear decision-making process, lots of trust between coworkers, more often than not, you know, a rack and stack, you know, system that, you know, your, your uniform is a walking resume, right? Yes. Well, in the military life, there's very little structure, you know, some decision-making, but certainly not real clear. The expectations generally aren't as clear and you don't, you don't understand people, you know, you don't know where they're coming from. You don't know if you can trust them. So it's, it's a real adaptation. So I, I don't know. I yeah. hope that's some, I hope that's some tips and tricks. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think, you know, and it's so interesting because, and shout out to my visa um, folks. We had a military employee resource group there and quite a lot of military um that we, you know, we hired and they were incredibly awesome all the time. Oh, really? Um, And, you know. Okay, let's see, let's see. How many credit card companies are there in the military, right? Well, we, you know, Visa is more about payment technology. So we are, we focus on the network. Okay. Um, And so we're, we're mostly interfacing with the financial institution. I see. But, you know, what's interesting is there's a lot of risk management as well oh, as security. Okay. There and, you go. You know, so, you. And, so and think te- the translation, skills. yeah, yes. and the translation yeah. from military to corporate, I think in our case was uh, maybe a little easier um, than in some of the other industries. But well, good for you for being aware, being a pioneer, innovating and getting after it, you know, because that's what it takes. You know, it's just like, you know, we're going to do this and how, so how are we going to do this? And let, let's make yeah. it work. So, so they were awesome all the time, huh? All the time, all the time. Like, Describe that. What are the top three awesomeness characteristics? You know, well, so what's interesting about where, um, where I worked is, and especially you'll probably see this in payment technology a lot. Everybody's trying to flatten organizations. Oh, yeah. So even though there's still hierarchy there, they're really trying to figure out how do we help collaborate more so that you have, you know, what they call diversity of thought, but yeah. also really innovate at the same time so that you get all of that information going into the innovation. And I think military is is so interesting to me because while they, you know, a, a lot of times there is a little bit of rigidness to making mm-hmm. sure that you're getting it done. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also, they they tend to have lots of different thoughts about, you know, what works, what doesn't work. And so bringing them in kind of gets you that execution of how you get after whatever it is you're going after. It's like the results matter, right? Exactly. <laughs> well put. So, so anyway, there, I mean, I, I oh. have nothing but love. That's, so let's let's talk another, about another tip and trick through employee resource groups, okay? Yeah. Getting your veterans involved in every aspect of your new veteran hire's life cycle. That is, take them to the career fair if you still do those. 
bring them on Zoom or Teams if you do it virtually. Bring them to the interview so that they can pick up on things that maybe you miss, right? And right. and interpret questions, okay? Um, ask a veteran to look at the resume uh, if you have time. And I encourage you to take a second look to um, read the cover letter with the resume, if there is one anymore these days. I don't know, with, AP, with uh, APS, I'm, I'm not sure how that plays out. But um, And then get your current veteran employees to be part of your recruiting ambassadors outside the organization. Deploy them strategically, if you will. Get them involved in veteran organizations wearing your company t-shirt and speaking boldly about what a great culture, what a great company you have. And by golly, I'm con- I am confident that those veterans will come take a look at your company if you've got that ambassador out in the community saying it's, it's a great place to work. So if you're not doing that, do it Align your um, corporate citizenship initiatives. If you're a larger company or your social responsibility, align your philanthropy and your volunteering in the veteran community because putting your money where your mouth is and not and walking the talk. Yes. Is it an incredible retention tactic for your current veteran employees that will bring them a lot of pride and satisfaction if they see your company doing more outside the organization. Of course, it's, you know, makes sense for you for your brand and your reputation, but uh, that's a really another really um, good approach. Well, and I would say if you're struggling with your your employee resource groups, get the veterans involved. <laughs> Thank <laughs> because, you. Because right they on. will actually broaden your horizon and kind of make things make that culture change in a lot of cases. And, and that's and that's another really important piece about military culture, if you will, and that is ask the veteran to contribute. Give the veteran an opportunity to lead. You know, keep in touch with them, you know, give them feedback if needed. You know, set right and left parameters, we call it your right and left boundaries, right? Be yes. clear be clear on your expectations. And give them an opportunity to soar. They both, by and large, you know, we have a high index of responsibility and, you know, want to want to do good in the world. And so, you know, give them give them a job and something that's outside their normal job. It's something that they're excited about. And I think you'll be very, very pleased at the result. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I should just say thank you for your service. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. I love the fact that you have this book on beyond thank you for your service. Can you talk a little bit about veteran champions and, you know, like in terms of being a civilian organization and trying to make sure that we cultivate veteran champions? Because I think, you know, it's great when we can recruit, but quite frankly, some of the challenges that a lot of employers have is kind of promoting from within and making sure that they retain, you know, folks that they have. Okay. A couple quick thoughts and we can, uh, I just don't want to lose them. In terms of championing the aptitude of a veteran, really helpful, helpful to have professional development, coaching, mentorship in the company. 
a pathway for advancement, those kinds of things. It's really great for all employees, but in particular veterans, because it's clear to us in the military how to advance, what we need to do to take to get the next promotion, financially, rank, or whatever, right? Right. And so that's really in the company's best interest to retain that talent. Be willing to hire for aptitude and train. We just do so much training. We train and train and train and train and train some more and train and train and train some more. And so we know how to train and do, train and do, right? So that's another way to, to be a champion. Again, I keep emphasizing understanding military culture. Understand that I heard one story one time, a military person just got hired and goes and sits in his cubicle and pounds, puts his head down and pounds away on the computer to get the job done. You get her done, right? It's the results. It's the outcome that matters. Well, he's forgetting, okay, I should probably talk to somebody once in a while. I should probably go, <laughs> I should, I should probably try to let people get to know me. And, you know, I have to, I hate to do this networking thing. It's not really, it's not really me, you know? But, you know, we, we can tend to overemphasize the task and underemphasize just relaxing and being social. I mean, we're, we're not... Flexibility. We're not, yeah. Well, and, <laughs> you know, we're not antisocial. Don't get me wrong. But a military person feels disconnected from mainstream America, especially when they're new in the workforce. And, but I've heard people tell me, I had a, a guy who worked at a big corporation. He says, I've been here six years and I still feel like a fish out of water. Yeah. But, okay. So that's a little bit about military culture. But the the other thing I want to touch on is, what do you say? The background is we are appreciate you recognizing our service. That is awesome. And we are so darn lucky that we live in a society that does that as compared to the Vietnam vets and this just frankly the horrific circumstances that they faced when they came home. That's just tragic. I'm also a speaker, love to give speeches to veteran employee resource groups, business groups, faith groups. But so one one veteran employee resource group wanted to talk about this. What do we say? Do yeah. we say thank you for your service? Because sometimes people look at us cross-eyed, right? <laughs> well, I, I think first of all, that's more unusual than common. Okay. Yeah. But especially, you know, depending on I never been to combat, so I don't have that that lens. Okay. I'm grateful when someone says thank you, but because military people already feel disconnected. They feel misunderstood. There may be some wounds of war that they're working through. Not not only wounds of war, but okay, before the age of 35, I'd lived in at least 20 different communities. Okay. That's tough, right? That's a lot of change. That's a lot of change. And so, you know, we're all kind of working through our, our stuff all the time, but because of the conditions or stressors of military service, there may be even more. Okay. I think it's also potential. First of all, most important thing is be sincere. Veterans have a very low threshold. We call it a a very low BS meter. They can sniff out insincerity in a freaking heartbeat. Okay. So sincerity is key. Authenticity. If you'd like just to go a little bit further, you could say, thank you for your service and sacrifice. I'm really grateful. Look them square in the eyes. Give them a good firm handshake. Show them that you mean it, okay? It's not a platitude, right? Right, right. Another really beautiful way to frame it is, thank you for wearing the uniform. That is magical, and I that wasn't my idea. It came from a female veteran who's a podcast host, and 
What that means to me, Melissa, is that that civilian has some level of understanding of what it means to me to put on that uniform. That uniform is the American flag, almost. I don't want to, you know, overstep. That's a little much. But I love serving my country, doing something bigger and better than myself. I'm willing to defend and to protect freedom. That's what the, you know, I'm willing to raise my right hand and, and swear to protect the Constitution of the United States of America. When I wear that uniform, I'm willing to take a physical fitness test to get my butt out of bed and, you know, get ready and exercise and try to keep my weight down. And I'm willing to live by the core values and the the creeds and the warrior ethos. There you go. Wearing the uniform means a lot to people who have worn it. And, you know, it's better if you understand yeah. what that means to the person. But but it's also, gosh, that's that's pretty uh, insightful of you to say something like that for me. Yeah. The other the, the other thing is know how to know how to connect with veterans. You know, we're slow to trust. You know, do the softball, easy questions, small talk. We're probably not very good at small talk in return. But, you know, just take time getting to know that person and ask how they're doing. Or, you know, a good question is, how's your adjustment going after you left military service? And listen, good eye contact. I mean, just good communication skills. They can tell if you're just, again, blowing smoke, so to speak. Right. Um, and then once they tell you how it's going, maybe you can ask, is there anything I can do? Yes. Do to support you. Be careful, though, because if you ask that question and you get an answer and you don't do it, oh, boy, that's that you're, you're not going to build that. That's that's going to hurt your opportunity to build a trusting relationship. So if you offer, be prepared and willing to follow through. I mean, it's just right. It's just the right thing to yeah. do. But it's really important for someone who's lost their tribe, who feels disconnected, who may be dealing with stressors of military service or invisible invisible or visible wounds of combat, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, um, mental or physical, right? Yeah, be yeah. sincere, be sincere and follow through. It's just, it's good practice for anybody, particularly appreciated and needed with veterans. Do you think that, I mean, in terms of corporations and businesses that are looking to support and really, you know, be an ally to our veterans, are there specific things that they maybe should think about even, you know, when we think about, you know, whether it be HR or health benefits or, or anything? Oh, love, I love this question. There's, there's many facets to it. First of all, having a good EAP and good mental health benefits, which is more and more universal anyway because of the influence of the pandemic and our, our country is becoming much more aware of mental health. That's important for the veteran community as well. Not that everybody has PTSD. The VA right. says that 20% of Iraq and Afghanistan veterans have PTSD. Melissa, that means 80% do not. And even if they do, we can. those of us with PTSD can live full lives without and manage our triggers, okay? So right. mental health benefits is really important. Flexibility, the option to work remote. The Society of Human Resource Management says that you know, 68% of employers or 63 say that veterans are more adaptable and good remote workers. So that's pretty sweet, you know, this day and age. I also encourage you to get involved in nonprofits or local organizations where you can build relationships. Now, 
No disrespect, a care package is a wonderful thing to someone who's downrange and deployed. That's a nice thing to do, okay? And it's a good project for veterans and civilians to work alongside each other inside a veteran employee resource group. That's a great way for a civilian to show support. However, I contend that an even better way to show veterans support is for members of that ERG or your HR leaders, your talent acquisition, your DEI, your hiring managers, anybody who your executive sponsors of your DEI groups, for them to become mentors of transitioning veterans. ACP, American Corporate Partners, Veterati are two really great mentorship programs that are nationwide that you can do virtually, and it gives you an opportunity to get the company name out as well as potentially get to know a job prospect. You know, no hiring is guaranteed in that process. But the great thing is you're learning about military culture, right? You're learning about it. the value of veteran talent. So let's say in your, in your local community, if you have a parade, if you have a Veterans Day parade, go join that loud and proud and put your company float in the Veterans Day parade, okay? Go support financially nonprofits that are doing great things for veterans. But again, and that's good, but again, the sweet spot is building relationships. Our local chamber of commerce, we just started a military transition support program, whereby we're gonna pair chamber members with transitioning service members, veterans, and their spouses to do a very informal job shadow informal mentoring, you know, maybe three or four times, but it gets that veteran out of their, if you will, active duty mindset, or it gets them, helps them build their network, but it builds contacts. It right. builds relationships. And that's the toughest part. You know, the biggest part of veteran suicide is, you know, in the, one of the precursors is social isolation. Well, let's not get there. Let's build relationships so that that veteran has an opportunity to build their new tribe, be it a social tribe or a professional networking tribe. Focus on opportunities that build trusting relationships and take it seriously. I love that. I love that. You know, I recently was at a NAACP conference and met some veterans who had started a Black Deported Veterans of America organization wow! Um, to kind of raise the flag and, on kind of what's happening to um, veterans that go through this process and then they essentially get deported after their service for, you know, all sorts of reasons. And in deported, some deported means they separated, right? They're not in trouble. Yes. They're just, they feel like they're sort of kicked to the street, right? Pretty much. And okay. in many cases, kicked to the street for kind of like not really any reason but not because um, they not because they got in trouble but because they weren't very well prepared for their transition well i don't know we could go on i did a whole right. podcast episode on it so okay. it's you okay. know right. um thankfully we had we had somebody with a lot more knowledge than i talking about it but it's it's just so interesting to me because i think there are so many things about veteran life that kind of the typical average person mm -hmm really doesn't get. Um, there are so many nuances to the layers of service that you all provide. It's it's really incredible to learn. So I'm I'm truly grateful that you're you're here. Quick anecdote. 
had lunch with a friend of mine who's a civilian, and she was encouraging me to adopt a strategy in my business. And I was like, oh, that feels really, really odd. And, you know, I don't like talking about myself. You know, I don't, it, because the military mindset is, it's not about me, it's about we. It's right. about us. It's about the country, right? And and so that that mindset is very deeply ingrained, just like the mindset of, I got to buck up and I got to get the job done. So I need to be stoic. I, I just need to get over myself and, you know, not have a lot of emotions surrounding, especially if you're in combat, certainly, right? Certainly, yeah. Yeah, so that thinking, you know, and I'm not... And I'll never leave a leave anybody behind. I won't leave a fallen soldier behind. That that level of responsibility and thinking and where does my responsibility start and stop? I mean, all those things are very real and I contend difficult to articulate. You know, I've I've been trained in speaking, communication. I've done a lot of, you know, inner work. Yeah, I don't have it all figured out in no, in no way, shape, or form. <laughs> but but it's hard to articulate and understand these things. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, well, and, and we can talk about, I mean, so before, because I know we're probably coming up on time, but I did want to ask you about, you know, when you talk about men and the, just the intense number that um, exists in the military and you growing up and going through your career with so many around. And, you know, I hesitate to just say like, well, what was that like? Because probably I kind of have whole, an idea. That's another whole podcast episode. <laughs> I mean, I have probably some idea that yeah. it was like a cakewalk. But what would you, you know, what might you say to somebody, a woman yeah. who is looking to go into service about their own career and, you know, kind of maybe where, you know, how they might navigate some of All that. Right. Is there any great let's, advice? Let's start with women in the military. Right now, about 20% of all the recruits are female. And right now, most of the jobs are opening up to females and we are breaking class ceilings in the military. Hallelujah. It's very exciting. I love it. I call the military the last professional bastion for women when about 50 or more women are graduating from medical school, 50%. About 50% or more women are graduating from dental school, law school. The service academies, there are about up to 30%, or at least the Air Force Academy is. And, and currently, I think there's 18 to 20% you know, women in the military. So women are joining more and more. I think tips that I would offer any woman, any woman who has aspirations to be a leader, first and foremost, know thyself understand what makes you tick, what triggers you, okay? Sharpen your communication skills. Be self-confident, okay? You can't be a wallflower in the military. You've got to find your voice and use your voice professionally. You need to understand boundaries, okay? When you're working around 85% men and you're the only gal in the room, okay, you know, and relationships develop between men and women, you know, you need to understand what are you doing to maybe draw attention that, you know, maybe you don't want or, you know, how do you be aware? How do you nip it in the bud? What do you do professionally to try to preserve the relationship? I mean, it's, you know, I'll say it like this, you got to have your shit together and it's not easy. It's not easy because some of the hardest parts for me, be it working with 85% men, was it was just lonely. You know, I had yeah. a female, I had a female pilot friend who, you know, 2% of the Air Force at that time were female pilots. 
And she said, when the boys go to lunch, the boys go to lunch. More often than not, in my full-time guard job, I went to lunch alone, right? Because mm -hmm. not only is there the gender thing, you have the, you know, those relationships get messy fast. There's the gender complexity, but then there's the rank complexity. I was always an officer, enlisted people, uh, and officers truly, truly aren't supposed to fraternize because it potentially gets in the way of military discipline. So that's another difficult thing to manage. So, wow. yeah, so you have to, you know, having having good civilian, having good support systems and a strong faith certainly helps. I mean, it's great opportunity with the leadership, yeah. the learning, the travel, the physical fitness, the education, the diversity of the people just brings tears to your eyes because the, the way the way in which our citizens, our American citizens who choose to serve in the military come from all walks of life, all backgrounds, and they're just rock solid people that that you want to know and you want to you want to you know work alongside. So it and is it demanding? Yes, it's demanding. Um, does it help you become a better person? Yes. Does it teach you just a ton? Absolutely. So I I I, I highly encourage it for everyone. But those are some of the things you should bear in mind if you're going to join the military. But really, if you want to be a leader at all, those are important things to con consider. Wow. Fantastic. Well, this has just been such an awesome, awesome conversation. And I know that you are doing a lot. So I want to make sure people know how to get hold of you, how to thank buy you. your book, like where, where do they go? Beyond, thank you for your service. The Veteran Champion Handbook for Civilians is available on Amazon. Please get it. If, if you love it, I'd appreciate uh, a, a review on Amazon. And love to hear from you at Kathy with the K, K and a Y, at VanguardVeteran.com. Let me know what you think about the book. Let me know how I can serve you. I'm interested and would love to be a speaker for your next Veterans Day event, your leadership event for women, for your Veteran Employee Resource Group. Uh, what is a Veteran Champion? tips and tricks for you know hiring and retaining veterans leadership concepts i am helping employers build a more productive workforce by hiring veterans and leveraging their skill sets i offer veteran talent academy a course a couple times a year and will come alongside you and help you build connections in the veteran community as well as strengthen your internal processes to be veteran ready and last but not least, I love equipping civilians or volunteers, they could be civilians or veterans in this case, to help build military ministries in your place of congregation. This is a place, Melissa, where military people can come together, share stories, share burdens, potentially get practical support. Yes. Um and foster a sense of belonging so we decrease social isolation build community build that new tribe and i contend help curb veteran suicide so i'm going to send you a lot of links if you have interest awesome. in any of these things i offer a monthly coaching call for people who are interested you don't have to be a nurse you don't have to be a counselor you don't have to be a pastor i'll come right alongside you and equip you with military culture with some leadership ideas 
and stay with you on a monthly basis as you build this incredible support system for military connected people that at the end of the day, you're not there to fix. You're there to love on them and help them promote spiritual resiliency through your faith. It's just a, it's a, it's a magical thing. I, I'd love to come back and talk with you about women in the military, about military ministry. Yes, um, if, yes, if, I would if, love that. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. And, and my website is ca- uh, vanguardveteran.com. All that Vanguard, stuff. Vanguardveteran.com. Very, very, that's right. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kathy, for coming on and giving us such wonderful education. And I will say thank you for putting that uniform on. Oh, and I oh, I am I, I love the fact that oh. I get to learn so much while oh. I do this. So oh, thank I you love so that. much. I yes. love that. You honor me by <laughs> by returning that to me. Thank you, Melissa. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. And um, I plan on making sure that people have access to all the links that you provide. So thank you. Um, you know, as we as we go out and and market this, I want I do want to make sure that people have access to that information. Um, and if any, anybody has any specific questions, you now know how to reach Kathy. Thank so. you. Thank you. Thank you for being a civilian veteran champion, Melissa and being a military mom. Yes, yes. (laughs) All right, thank you so much. Thanks for joining me on the Jolly Podcast. Please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.